You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome, Philly, to your favorite sports show. Hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart, they're sexy, and they're all Philly. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome into episode 20 of Babes on Broad. I am Sam Wilson with my co-host Jesse Town. We are brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You obviously found a way to find us on your, your podcast if you're listening to us right now. But give us a five-star rating, say nice words, share it. Don't all say that. mean Subscribe. words. No. Yeah, we don't like mean words. I don't want mean words. Those have, they're long gone now, I feel like. Every now and then yeah, I like, get one. Oh, okay. Yeah, so just say nice. <laughs> <laughs> Every now and then I get yeah. one. And also just stupid. Like, I tweet something and someone responds, like, aggressively telling me yeah. I'm wrong, but they didn't actually read the whole tweet. Like, today I tweeted, someone asked, we'll get into this eventually, but about, <laughs> like, Deuce possibly being the mm-hmm. next offensive coordinator. And I said, I would love to give him consideration because I love what he's done with the run game. And I think he deserves the consideration. But I think they need to go for an outside hire. And everyone's like, what has he done to deserve the head? They need to go outside for the." And I'm like, I know. That's why there's a second part. what I said. People learn how to read. Yeah. Stop being so aggressive all the time. But leading into what you said. Well, at first, if you want to follow us on social media, at Babes on Broad on everything. It's not hard. Look it up. Me, I am at Sam Wills 18. That was aggressive. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. We're talking about not being aggressive. That was pretty aggressive. (laughs) I'm fired up. I'm sad. Okay. A lot of emotions. It's just a roller coaster over here. I can't deal with it. It's too much. (laughs) So I am at Sam Wills 18 on Twitter and Instagram. And on Twitter, Jess is at run this town with an E 13. And on Instagram, she's at Jessica underscore town with an E. So easy enough. You can rep us. Um, by buying stuff on designtree.com slash babes on broad. Um, you could probably Google us babes on broad. I don't know if we're Googleable yet, but we're, we're trying to get there. <laughs> we're trying to get to that yeah. level. But we'll know what is Googleable. Is that a word, Googleable? Probably, probably not, but we just made trademark. it. Trademark. Right there, we did it. Um, buy our Googleable t shirt on designtree.com coming out next week. <laughs> 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 but anyway. Oh, goodness. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get on that. I was sad. Now we're delirious. But the reason I was sad because the Eagles season has come to an end. An unfortunate end. My thing about it is I'm not mad. I'm a little bitter just because I ex- I had such high expectations. But at the same time, like I'm not mad because like injuries you can't help, and all that happened. The hit on Carson happened. We'll get into that in a little bit. They did what they could. And the people that yeah. stepped up, I'm proud of them. Honestly, they shouldn't have even made it as far as they did. Yeah. So, like, I'm proud of that. But 
I don't know, because I think also the, like, momentum they have with the four-game win streak at the end of the season, I expected a lot. So I think that's why I'm disappointed, because I was like, maybe they have a shot. I, really, I talked myself into it. Yeah, and I don't disagree with that at all. I think, I truthfully think Mark Varzetta said it best this week, and he said, I felt cheated yeah. out of something. And I, I completely agree with that. Like, I'm not mad at anything the Eagles did on Sunday. Like, yeah. anything they did, I, I have no issues with any of the players that set foot on the field on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I have no problems with anything that was done, because at the end of the day, they played the Seahawks in November, and the score was 17-9, to and the Eagles turned the ball over five times. On Sunday, the score was 17-9 to with the backup quarterback. Yeah. Like, Carson plays that game. Backup 40-year-old quarterback. I have no doubt in my mind the Eagles win that game. No, I agree 100% with and that. And that's why I, like, I feel so, like, disappointed because they did go through that four-game win streak mm-hmm. at the end of the season. The momentum was on their side. They were clicking on offense. The defense is playing so well at home. Jim Schwartz's defense has been number one in his five years when points allowed Mm -hmm. at home. I mean, you know, everything was falling into place for them to make a run. And all it took was that one hit. And that's why I'm just disappointed in the way it ended. And I'm upset with the way it ended. But I'm not – it's it's nice to not be upset at the Eagles about it. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with and, that. And, you know, I guess silver lining, you know, Carson got hurt in the game, but he's not injured. He doesn't have to go through a rehab. He doesn't have to go through mm-hmm. any sort of testing to get him back on the field. Obviously, he, I think he did pass the concussion test and he's okay now. You know, he doesn't have to worry about anything in the offseason. He just goes right into camp. Yeah. Fine. If the Eagles would have won and were going to play on Sunday, he was cleared and would have oh, been able to play. Oh, seriously? I didn't see that. And someone tweeted oh, it and then <laughs> and then quoted it. So I saw someone quote the tweet and they were like, what the F am I supposed to do with this information? Yeah, right. And that's exactly how I feel. Like, what am I supposed to do with this now? Cool, dude. Like, awesome. Thanks. I'm glad he's okay, but like, yeah. you didn't have to add. Like, just tell me he's okay. Yeah, right? That's it. Don't so, add salt to the wound. Ugh. I don't even, yeah. But so let, while we like kind of danced around it, what do you think about the hit? Do you think it was intentional? Do you think it was dirty? Do you think he should be fine? Do you think it matters? All right. I'm going to rant for a second. Okay, go ahead. And the floor is yours. Here is my issue. Anybody with eyeballs can see that the hit was late. Uh, and that's fine. I My seats are on the visitor side of the field. So from where I was sitting, you couldn't see him dip his head and initiate that Mm -hmm. helmet-to-helmet contact. It was late before we saw the slow-mo replay of him dipping his helmet at him. There should have automatically been a flag based on the late hit Mm -hmm. anyway. Things get missed. Refs miss things all the time. Calls get missed all the time. And at the end of the day, like, we make our peace with it. That's fine. Regardless if that flag is thrown or not, Carson is still knocked out of that game. 15 yards right there. Doesn't really do much to help you. Maybe he, I mean, he did finish the drive. Maybe he's able to finish that with a score if you give him those extra, who knows. And, you know, the, the score is a little bit different. They're able to play a little bit different style, you know, at, at when Josh McCown comes in. But at the end of the day, the hit happened. And whether the 15 yards came or went or, you know, didn't happen, that was not going to change the fact that Carson Wentz was not going to finish that game. Now, where I have my biggest problem is then... Derek Barnett hits Russell Wilson late, 100% late. Mm -hmm. I I agree with that roughing the passer call, no question in my mind. But then Josh McCown gets knocked down twice, late, nothing. After the game, Clowney 
shows no sort of remorse at all. I think it was absolutely intentional. I think it was a late hit. I don't think he could have stopped the hit. Lowering his head, that was intentional. That was dirty. That's crap. Not only is that crap, then you get the refs who stand by that call after watching it over and over and over again and seeing it, and you give me some BS line of incidental helmet to helmet. That doesn't exist. You made that up. Let's talk about some things that have happened over the course of the last couple years. In 2015, I watched Jordan Hicks shatter Tony Romo's collarbone. He landed with all of his weight on Tony Romo and shattered his collarbone. Nothing happened. Two years later, we watched Anthony Barr do it to Aaron Rodgers, land on top of Aaron Rodgers, shatter his collarbone. Not only is it a flag, there's an entire rule change in the NFL that you cannot land with your weight on the quarterback. Another rule change. Last year, the New Orleans Saints absolutely robbed out of a first and goal opportunity with a blatant missed pass interference. In the offseason, they made this rule change to be able to challenge those that you think were egregious calls or non-calls. For some reason, only certain quarterbacks get respect with the rules that are in place. And for some reason, the refs in the NFL have too much of an ego to admit any wrongdoing in a call that they won't reverse anything. So they won't admit their wrongs and only these rules apply to certain quarterbacks. That to me is a problem from the top down. And the fact that the league has not done anything about it in terms of the refs and the league has not done anything about it in terms of fining Clowney, that is something that I have a giant problem with. Because after all these years when you've put so much of an emphasis on player safety, helmet-to-helmet contact, whether it's incidental or not. There was a huge rule change that came out two years ago with the emphasis on it doesn't matter what player you are. Mm -hmm. You could be a lineman putting your head down, a running back initiating the contact with your head. It didn't matter. If you were leading with the crown of your helmet, you were in the wrong. That is a personal foul. That is a 15-yard penalty, and then you are subject to fines. They made it very clear that they were changing the rules to be more similar to college and the targeting rule and the unnecessary roughness and the, the personal fouls where it leads to possible ejections, you can't you can't pick and choose when you want that done. It doesn't get that. If this happens to Russell Wilson on Sunday or Saturday, I don't know when they play. I don't care. Saturday, anything. They play Saturday? Yeah. If this, if this happens to Russell Wilson on Saturday, there will be a 15-yard penalty. The player who does it will be let know that if he does it again, he will be ejected. And there will be a fine given. If it happens to Aaron Rodgers, same thing. Yeah. If it was Tom Brady, Clowney would have been arrested on the field in that moment. The ref wouldn't even have the time to throw the flag out because the police would have arrested him <laughs> at that moment. If it was Patrick Mahomes, same thing. There will be a flag. Mm -hmm. There will be a penalty. At the end of the day, the hit knocked Carson Wentz out. And, at the end, and you know, they weren't going to win that game without Carson. We're not going to, as fans, we're not going to sit here and we're not going to blame the game on the refs because at the end of the day, Russell Wilson still made every play he needed to. DK Metcalf mm -hmm. was an animal an out animal. there. And we're, you know, we're not going to be Saints fans and hold a parade and demand a rule change. <laughs> yeah, right. We're just demanding that the current rules that you have talked about putting such an emphasis on need to be upheld. Because, I... listen, the guy, he... Couldn't remember who they were playing currently. He couldn't remember who they played the week before. He couldn't tell you any of the plays that had just happened. He couldn't sit still without swaying back and forth. And he couldn't see. If that happened and there's no repercussions for it, 
There was a video. I forgot who in the NBA got ejected the other day for like accidentally like hitting a guy on oh, the back I of the head. I saw that. Right. And it, it was Lakers, right? It was. Yeah, it was a lake. Mm-hmm. He was tossed immediately and he was fine. So here's my take on it. On them not doing anything like the refs. And then if the NFL does nothing on it, I think it severely hurts them in the long run. Because not only all the rule changes you're saying, but like, that's just extremely subjective. But then to go on another point, if you do have that, they have all these things now about concussions and making the game safer and doing all that. But if it ultimately it comes down to the subjectivity of the ref, what are you doing? Like, what, yeah. Like, what, well, the, then the NFL, there's no way of securing safety. Why would anybody play that game? Why would anybody support that game? So I think the NFL definitely has to do something. And we had Jimmy Kempsey. Jimmy Kemsky on today, and he said whether they do something or not, the league will most likely post, we will be fining, we will not be fining. So that's like when we'll know when they make a decision, we'll hear something. We should have heard that by now. We should have heard it by now. So like, it's Friday, currently, as we're recording this. This happened on Sunday. I know. At like five o'clock. It wasn't that, it was that, it was that early in the game. It wasn't that far in. Yeah. You're exactly right. The subjectivity of it is the problem. And if they because that just makes the game so dangerous, so unfair. Nobody's gonna like that. And my thing about it too is, well, one, all the national attention, like national hate Carson got, <gasps> infuriates me. Because one, concussions are very, very serious. They're do no not, joke. Do not come at a guy because he got hit and got a concussion late. What's he supposed to do? Have neck strength and throw off Clowny and then get whiplash? Like no. Like, yeah. like, I, I don't even know idiot. what you're supposed there's to do no in way. that situation. Like, there's literally no way. So people are they just... They brought his wife that. down because he so was sad. having so many issues. Like, they brought his wife down, which I heard is not uncommon for, like, when there's an injured player for them to go yeah, get yeah. their significant mm-hmm. other. But still. It's just, there's so much that goes into it. It's a very touchy subject. It's very dangerous to the NFL, especially if they just don't do anything. It's so dumb on their part. But the good news about it is Philly's a big market. So Philly, they keep complaining about it. Hopefully it gets something done. You know what I mean? Like the Saints got something done. I mean, granted, they threw a parade and were babies about it, but oh we're God, just yeah. such like a passionate fan base. It's not something you can just ignore. So hopefully that yeah. gets something done. But as my feelings on the hit, I understand the argument. I go against you on this one. I understand the argument of Clowney not being able to stop himself. Sure. Like, Yes, like technically it's a late hit, but I agree with the refs on the fact that I don't think he was able to stop his momentum from yeah, going. Yeah, I don't think he was going to be able to pull up. No, so like I don't think that was an intentional late hit. The intentional part is he throws his head down and he mm-hmm. hits him in the back of the head. Yep. A hundred thousand percent. It's touchy. So as like, you know how competitive I am. Yes. I was a very, very competitive athlete. I love Christian Leitner because as uncommon as that is, because I would be Christian Leitner. Like I will play to win. <laughs> I don't care what happens. You're on the court with me. I'm going to do whatever is legal to make you lose. You ever in a competition with Sam? Look out. I'm I'm just being honest. And so I don't think Clowney went to actually hurt Carson because I actually do think that there's a respect there. Obviously, he's another NFL guy. And so I don't think that he was trying to hurt him, trying to do anything potential for his career, anything. I do think that there would have been intention yeah, throw this kid as hard as you can into the ground so maybe he can't come in for a play and maybe it helps us out. Because any athlete that cares that much about a game is going to do that. I think any, so 100%, most defensive players will tell you 
defensive lineman yeah. will tell you that th- their goal is to they're trying to knock that. Trey Thomas out said that he's like, if you're a football guy, you're trying to knock them out for the game. Yeah, you, that's what you're, that's what you're trying to do. So as dirty as that sounds, I don't blame him for it because I would do the same exact thing. But my thing is, he did do it. People did notice. As a league, the league, the refs, they have to penalize him. It's, you can't. Teach it's an that. embarrassment. The league should be embarrassed if they don't. Exactly. It's and shameful if they don't. And so that's my thing. Overall, I do not blame Clowney because he's just being an extremely aggressive athlete. I don't hate the way he plays. I don't dog him on it because I would be the same exact way. He should realize that he should get a penalty. Like penalty. Obviously, he's not going to come out and be like, yeah, find me. I just shouldn't have done it. Obviously, he's not going to do that. But I think in his head, he should realize that that's what you should be penalized for. I think the NFL, the refs, everybody should come out and be like, that's a dirty hit. You shouldn't have that mindset, especially when the NFL, can't stress enough, is so, oh, we're pro or anti-concussion. We're doing, we're doing so much. everything you can. We're trying to, to protect yeah. this game. And if you don't do anything on this hit, you're absolute bull crap. And I will not believe anything you're saying. You're just agreed. trying to say whatever you can to keep national attention to make and money. to make money. Yeah, exactly. I and that's my agree. problem with it. My biggest issue with the I and I so from from an athlete perspective I hear what mm-hmm. you're saying my problem is this is not his first time doing this and doing these things so I struggle to believe that there was no kind of dirty intent behind it because I've watched him do these things over and over and over again and that is where I that's where I have the biggest problem especially if the league doesn't do anything because you find him several times in the past for doing we watched him last year try to tear Nick Foles's head yeah. off his body and he has the audacity to say to the media oh well Eagles fans hate me they think I tried to kill Nick Foles I watched you try to kill Nick Foles no. I was there I saw it happen I'm, I'm not- Nick Foles is the most even-keeled, <laughs> mild-tempered individual. And this man jumped off the field and was in the face of the ref. I've never seen him yeah. act like that. No one's ever seen him act like that before. The entire team came out and said they've never seen him that fired up before. I blew out my entire voice box screaming unbelievable obscenities at that referee no, that day. that's ridiculous. I agree. And that's the thing is I, I'm not saying you're wrong at all. He just shouldn't do that. As an yeah. athlete, I understand why he's like that. And I sure. think that's not... Not a problem unless he, like, um, having, like... Having that aggressive intensity and, you know, that... I, have I, less, I get it. I have way less of a problem with the clowny hit and the aggression of that than I do with the Miles Garrett aggression against Rudolph. Well, that was a whole other level but that's of something what, I've never seen That's before. what I'm saying. So, like, that, to me, is the level of intentional hurt, intentional, I don't care about your career, I have no respect for you. I don't get that yeah. feeling from Clowney. I think he's just an extremely passionate player. He's going to do what he has to do to win that game. He's not trying to take you out for your career. He respects you, all that, especially Carson Wentz. Highly respected. But I here, okay, if this helps, as an Eagles fan, I'm pissed. I hate Clowney. I'm like, screw you, dude. You know what I mean? Because like, whatever. If I'm an athlete, I understand exactly what he did. If I'm a Seahawks fan, I agree 100%. I have no problem with it. Because I'm like, that's what you're supposed to do. If that makes sense. Yeah, but, but you're not supposed to intentionally injure someone. I know. And I don't think he wanted to. And for you know, the kids, I, for the kids listening, never hurt anybody and never go after them. I am a terrible person, but I would play the same exact way. So that's why I do not. I I don't think he went with an intention to like ruin Carson Wentz's career. I don't think he tried to do anything like yeah. that. But I I differ from you in the sense of so some people have said to me, well, wouldn't you be happy if it was Russell Wilson and he was knocked out of the game? I don't. 
as much as there are some players in the NFL that I hate, like Dak Prescott, for example, <laughs> I would never sit here and wish an injury upon yeah. him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's yeah. Just, I have too much respect for the game of football, and I just love the like love mm-hmm. football so much that I would never want that. I never, yeah. I never want that for a team, for a player. Mm-hmm. Like, they're people too, you know. So for me, would Russell not being in that game make it a hell of a lot easier for the Eagles? Yes, but I would never want it for that reason. And I also go back to. You know, people were also saying, oh, well, if Clowney was an eagle, everyone would be praising him. And I said, and I disagree with that, because if you remember back to the Green Bay game, when Derek Barnett put that late, dirty hit on Jamal Williams, yeah. as an Eagles fan, were we happy about no, that? that? No, I we agree. were embarrassed. We were yeah. extremely embarrassed that a player wearing our team's jersey was acting like that on the field, one, and two had done that a couple times and was starting to maybe get a little bit of a reputation as a dirty mm-hmm. player. And I don't want that kind of player on my team. And I tweeted this out on Sunday right after it happened. I'll say it. I don't care what anyone thinks. I didn't want Clowney here in the first place because I didn't think he fit with what mm-hmm. our needs at the time. And people will tell me I'm crazy for that. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm glad he's not an eagle because I'm not dealing – like I don't, I don't want yeah. that crap representing my team and my city because – that was BS. No, I completely agree with that. And yeah, that hit was terrible. And we did feel bad as a fan base. I just think it's different. It's in the playoffs. I even go as far as like, as an athlete perspective, you want Carson, you want to get a good shot on him. You want him to fear sure, you. Sure. So like, I think. I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah. So I feel sometimes you're not really thinking in the moment. It's a playoff situation. It's a good team. I don't know. I don't blame him. Overall, I just at the I end do, of the day, I just really think the dip of the head was dirty, and I think the rest yeah. coming out and giving me the incidental helmet to helmet is crap. And I think the fact that the NFL still hasn't found yeah. him, and at this point probably won't because they already haven't, is embarrassing to and completely hypocritical of everything they've said. No, we're they were working towards for the last ten years. We're completely on the same page with the rest in the NFL for sure. I mean. And it, I mean, obviously that was the biggest story of the game. The the second uh, biggest story was probably DK Metcalf and his 160 yards and a touchdown when JJ Ortega Whiteside mm-hmm. did he even play? Like, was he there? Dude, I saw. A tweet. I know, I know he played. That not was a joke, for, but yeah, not verbatim or verbatim. Is that those? Yeah, phrase? no, you had it. verbatim. You yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, but um, so like for some, it was like all year. Yeah, not verbatim. I can't do it. But so JJ Arthago outside had like seven or ten receptions all year, like 169 yards and yep. something, and, and a then touchdown. and a touchdown. And DK in just Sunday's game had seven catches for 169 yards and a touchdown or something. Like yeah, that's nuts. He had one a better performance in one game than JJ all year. Yeah. My my biggest thing is I was sold on this guy being this elite 50-50 jump ball receiver. Can't wait to use him in red zone goal line packages, up in the corner of the end zone, getting up over a cornerback. At one point, they were in the red zone. They were on like the four. And it was before one of the delay of games or mm-hmm. something like that. But Which they so terrible. Awful. They <laughs> lined up and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside was one-on-one on the one side. And I looked at Joe and I went, this right here is exactly why I was told he was drafted. This is when he's supposed to be right here, right there. I mean, he didn't even look his way. He he wasn't even looked at. He was not a fact. He was not the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. He was not an option. Yeah. So I'm. 
With JJ, I'm disappointed because, okay, you go into the buy, you tell me you didn't, like, it really helped you out. You just had to focus and learn the book. Okay. So, like, I'm not going to blame you for taking your time, getting to know the playbook, whatever. Like, I wouldn't be able to memorize that either. At least now you have it. So I expected a much better second half, and we did not get it. And that's why I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. Because then I used to start to wonder, like, is it really you just aren't talented? Like, yeah. you know the playbook now. You said you know it. I really just think that at this point, I mean, you brought guys like Greg Ward up, Josh Perkins, and I know they've been with the team for a little bit longer, but at the end of the day, they're making big plays for yeah. you, and you're, you know, your your newest receiver who you spent a draft pick on it isn't. And I think that's, you know, kind of leads us into the next part of the conversation that we will be having. We'll probably talk about a little bit more next week is what they need to do with yeah. some of these things. But ultimately, you know, what happened on the offensive side of the ball and where they are right now led to the decision of firing Mike Groh and Carson Walsh, the yeah. two people that are the biggest proponents of the passing game which honestly is not shocking at all no I think no. this is exactly what happened and I thought I was shocked when Doug said they'd return next year yeah I was like no <laughs> he just meant they were going to come back the next day yeah. so he could fire them yeah, that's right. what he meant but I thought it was really telling a couple before the game against I want to say it was the first game against the Giants during the week there were pictures that came out from practice and Doug had taken over all the offensive drills and the receiver drills and everything he took over running all that the ones that Mike Groh and Carson Walsh mm-hmm. usually did. And I thought that right there was very telling of what yeah, was going to happen. So, yeah, I mean, the, right now the two names out there are Jim Caldwell and Kevin O'Connell. Neither one of those names really excite me. I could do Caldwell because he has head coaching experience and stuff. I don't – I've never even heard of Kevin O'Connell. He was really. with the Redskins. I knew that because I looked into him, but performance-wise, like I feel like I should know your name if I want you on my team kind of. Yeah. So someone uh, asked us a question about the new offensive coordinator or our choice. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. Oh, dude, I don't even know. Or or just what we're looking for, what we would like as what in the ideal world. What are what would you want? Like, do you want internal, external, like that kind of thing? Okay. okay. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. But right now we're going to take a quick break, a quick break, a quick break. Goodness. I'm still riled up over Debbie and Clowney. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break for the Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Babes on Broad, episode 20. So we just talked Eagles, all things Eagles. We'll get more into that next week. But the Sixers. Sixers. 3-0. and 3-0, baby, against the Celtics this season. I and last it. year, I mean last year, last night was scary. The first half was not good. They were trailing seven going into half. But, like, just their play, it was it was ugly. I had no hope for them going, in, like, at halftime. Really? Yeah. I didn't like Listen, it. You know, with any Philadelphia sports team, well, it is granted, not over until it's granted, over. We were at a dinner, so I wasn't listening to the oh, game. Okay. I was like just checking, checking in. Period. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I at that I was like, oh, this so is bad. There's no JoJo. 
Yes. So Joel Embiid is out for now. Surgery tour, today. Yeah, surgery today, tore a ligament in his hand. Um, Reggie Jackson was talking about it last night. He had the same injury. He was out almost two months. Now, hopefully it will be closer to one month, hopefully. It is like a four to eight week recovery typically for athletes. Yeah. So we'll see where that goes. But right now, the Sixers, after their four-game skid, they did not beat the Rockets after our last episode last week. Um, they had no Joel Embiid and uh, – or no, they did have Joel Embiid on Friday. Joel played on Friday because he played against Clint Capella, um, which was actually really fun to watch that matchup. But they are now on a two-game win streak uh, against two really good teams. The Thunder mm-hmm. are playing yeah. really good basketball right now. Um, and then obviously the Celtics last night. The biggest question is going to be who kind of steps up in the meantime. So last night, Josh Richardson stepped up big time with he 29, did, 29 points. Al Horford had a phenomenal, complete game. Mm-hmm. Um, you got really good minutes and good energy from Norvell Pell off the bench. And Ben Simmons played a good game offensively. Phenomenal on the defensive mm-hmm. end. So my big, here are my two biggest issues last night and why the game got out of hand for a little bit of a, a little bit of time until it calmed down. Josh Richardson had 11 points in four minutes, and then Brett took him out, which I did not like. And then he kept putting Furkan Korkmaz in the game. Yeah, I saw that. So like, here's here's my issue with Furkan. Yeah, you'll hit a three every now and then, but then you do things like fast break. Ben is flying at the rim and you give the laziest lob pass ever and everyone's like oh ben could couldn't convert on the dunk no the pass was like behind him and below him it was a horrible pass so it's a turnover it goes flying back the other way he lets not only does he foul kemba which is fine he lets him get the shot off so it's then an and one yeah so if you're gonna foul him don't let him get the shot off please don't don't don't. Don't. <laughs> like, don't. Because <laughs> he's one of those that will score those two. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that was my biggest issue. And then after, like, halfway through the third quarter, I didn't see Furkan Korkmaz again, and I really enjoyed that. That was that was really nice to see. Um, and, you know, some people came in and, and gave you some really important minutes. Trey Burke did what Trey Burke mm-hmm. does. Um, and, again, Josh Richardson was great on both sides of the floor. Tobias Harris, a couple big buckets in the fourth quarter again, playing some good defense, getting some really good boards. Matisse um, came back. He didn't have any points, but he's he had he's a couple steals. Way. Yeah, he, he's he in his way back in. Yeah, and he he had a couple steals, and he he was he still made his impact on the game. Yeah, he definitely did. It was good to see him out there again. And you know they they closed out that game very well. Thirty two to eighteen in the fourth quarter. That's nuts. They played a and and that's what I like about this team. Now sometimes it may get a little bit closer than I would like at the end, but they're closing out games that they wouldn't have closed out in the past. And I think Brett every now and then still does his hockey line changes, which like if I have any criticism and problem with Brett Brown, that's it is the hockey line changes mm-hmm. when some like when someone's hot and you take them out, like, yeah, don't like, do that. Yeah. What's his reasoning? Did he come out last night? Like, was he questioned why? He I don't know, because he still ended up having 29 points and they, yeah. he stayed hot and mm-hmm. they won. But I mean, you know, it just, I just, I, I, that's the only thing about him that bothers me and trying to first for, force Furkan Korkmaz in there when, like, if he's on, great. Mm-hmm. He's a liability on the, he, he reminds me of JJ Redick. Obviously, it's not the same kind of shooting as JJ Redick, but when he's shooting well, it, the world's on fire and it's mm-hmm. phenomenal. 
when he's not making shots, he's just a liability doing yeah. nothing helpful on the defensive end. So it's it's not worth having him on the floor. So, you know, it, you don't want to just, like, not play him, but you want him to make those shots. But if he's not making the shots, get it's not worth. Get him out of yeah. it. Just get him out. It, I, I don't want to see it. <laughs> but they're back tomorrow night, Saturday, playing the Mavericks, which should be a good matchup. Yeah. I don't know if Kristaps is going to play or not because he didn't play. They played last night. No. No, they played tonight. They played two nights ago, and Kristaps did not play. And they, they played play tonight. tonight. They play the Lakers tonight. And yeah, they have two tough games back to back. That might yeah, work and I out think, in their favor. I'm gonna say they played the Thunder earlier this week, so they're they're it's a, it's a tough week for them. And I think they lost to the Thunder actually. Hmm. So I don't know if Kristaps is gonna play. Hopefully he doesn't play because we don't have Joel Embiid. But Al Horford, I trust Al Horford mm-hmm. completely. Um, and his beautiful eyelashes. And I know he does have pretty eyelashes. The, they're so he perfect. looks like he's wearing makeup and he's not. Yeah, do you he know how hard features. we have to work to get yeah. these eyelashes has, like this? He has beautiful, beautiful features. He is he is such a beautiful, like, beautiful features. Yeah. Uh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and his sister tweeted something the other day. It was like, my friends don't believe me that people have a weird obsession with Al's eyes, but they do. And I absolutely do. His I eyes do. Are so, even when he was a Celtic, I was like, why does this man have the most beautiful eyes Dude, ever? media day, I was like, oh my God. Like why? Yeah, it's, just, it's staring. Beautiful bone structure. He too. does. I can't stand it. And and I can't also <laughs> Matisse Thybulle's perfect eyebrows. I can't. Yeah. Ben Simmons has They're flawless so skin. Pretty. I just can't. I don't understand. I can't. It. I can't under. Yeah. Do you know how hard? Ben does have nice skin. He does. It's very nice skin. I. Do you know how hard we have to work for this nice? <laughs> like seriously. But anyway. <laughs> So, there yes. So the Mavs are playing the Lakers tonight. So they get the Sixers in the second night of a back-to-back, which is also when we happen to catch the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Um, so that hopefully bodes well for the Sixers. They lost to the Mavs in their first matchup at the Wells Fargo Center. That was was that their first loss at home? It, yeah, it was. It was, right? it was. No, no, no. The Heat was. The Heat was the first loss. Oh, at home. I couldn't remember. They were like right around each other too. They right? were, yeah. Um. So we'll see. I, you know, I think. I mean, Luca's phenomenal to watch. He's so much fun to watch. But, you know, we'll see. And I hope, hopefully the Sixers can continue to get guys to step up, play a big role in the absence of Joel Embiid. And I love that they're still trying to include Joel while he was. He yeah, was that was cute. They put him on FaceTime in the locker room to ring the bell. Yeah, I thought that was, was nice. I thought that was great because obviously he's a huge loss. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so not only did they kind of pull their ish together, the Flyers. The Flyers. The Flyers pulled it together too. They lost a bunch of games in a row. Four, dude. They well, ugly. So, and yeah, and it it's kind of worrisome just because they had four away games and then they lose four games. So ugly. it's not ugly. What, no, it's not what you like to see. Um, I was hoping that they would go down where were they? Carolina. Carolina on Tuesday was it? Tuesday? I don't Monday. I think I think it was Tuesday night. It, no, it was a back to back. It was Wednesday night because. Capitals, they had a lot of things not in their favor for the Caps. One, they're the hottest team in the NHL right now. Yeah, they they played. It was a back to back. Yeah, it was a back to back, and there was something else about it that I did not like the matchup. It was making me worry about that. But they pulled out the win against the Capitals to break their four game losing streak, and it didn't look promising early. No, it didn't. It didn't look good. Um, but the third. The third period, Carter Hart had a giant period because he shut him out. He was phenomenal. To be able to hold on to the 3-2 to win. And a couple really good saves, too. Like, yeah. really impressive saves. Well, it's uh, the Caps, man. Their shots are dirty shots. Like, it's not like they're just... I couldn't find the... I couldn't keep up with the puck half no. the time. And I was like, I don't know how Carter's doing this, but it was it was really great. And especially... It's, it's good to see that, that he can play at that level against such a high team. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, the, and to make it even better... 
I mean, the the Flyers defense stepped up in a big way too because the Capitals are one of the best power play teams in the NHL and they were 0 for 5 on their power plays. Wow. Yeah. That's a good set. They they did a really good mm-hmm. job. And even, I think the Flyers the Flyers scored off of one of their power the Capitals power plays too. Damn. So it oh, was wow. yeah, because it was Katoria, I forget what he did. But he was in the box, and Kevin Hayes went and scored, and then like turned around and like looked at him. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a really good kind of complete team with like they, they needed it's that what you win. Need, and I was going to say it it's great. what you needed after a four game losing streak. Yeah, yeah, and it was yeah because to the Hurricanes they lost. Brandon Elliott gave up five goals or four goals. Did he get hurt in that game at one point too? He was in the whole game. He got hurt at one point, and Carter was like warm ready to go and I don't think I think he, he I, I, I guess he stayed in obviously yeah. but yeah I they went into that was an overtime right yeah that was an go, overtime yeah because they lost. still got a point from it they still got a point from it and I I was like all right overtime and then all of a sudden my phone buzzed and I was like oh man yeah because um oh what was it somebody I forget who it was had a great shot and it was just stopped or no it went in or something and there's a controversy about it I don't remember who it was or the situation. I think that was that game. There was controversy about a goal. They recalled it. Didn't count. And then Interesting. the Canes scored. What was it? Well, that's Dougie annoying. Hamilton was the kid's name. Because I remember the name that the guy scored because it was like Dougie. <laughs> who goes by Dougie these okay, days? Right? Unless we're talking about Doug Peters. What is his name? Dougie, Dougie P. Doug, Dougie Hamilton. Dougie Hamilton. You got the game winner in the OT, that guy right there. Yep, that's him. He looks like a goober. Oh, well. Um, He looks like a Dougie. He does look like a Dougie. That's absolutely true. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so, one again. When do they play again? Tomorrow, I think. Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow, I think. Come on, update anchor. You should know these I know. I'm pretty sure it's tomorrow. (laughs) I think them and the Sixers play tomorrow. Ooh, that's a fun night. Yeah, because the Sixers are away in Dallas, so I'm pretty sure that that the Flyers are home against... You can do it for us. My phone's Lightning. Lying. They're playing the Lightning tomorrow at 7. And yeah, I think the Sixers I might that. play later. The Sixers play at 7 or 6.30? 6.30, really? It's an afternoon. Oh, no, the 8.30. 8.30. Oh, that's a fun time. Little flyers, little, little Sixers right after. That's a fun time. Some Ooh. snacks. I'm excited. I just got really excited. Maybe I'll come over. I was like, want to come over and hang out? Yeah. Yeah. Because Dion's gone. Yeah, we'll, we'll get some snacks. I'll get some Chex Mix for your dog. Yeah, yeah. Come hang out, and we'll watch the Flyers, and we'll watch the Sixers both win, and it'll be phenomenal. It'll be a good night. Yeah, that sounds like fun. All right, so we're gonna take one more quick break. When we come back, we'll answer some questions. You're listening to the Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, we are back. We're ready to knock out these questions. So just what's number one? Okay, so the first one. What eagle, as a free agent, are you pounding the table to get to come back? Okay, let me look at the list. So so there are a lot of them, 
And we'll, we actually are going to spend some time over the next couple weeks. Our episodes are going to kind of be going by position, breaking them down, kind of analyzing, grading them on their season. Anybody who's a free agent, if they stay or go. Um, and then if there are other free agents in the NFL who we think would fit maybe, or if there's someone in the draft that we like, because Eagles do have 10 draft picks. Yeah. The way they were talking, it sounds like they're going to pretty much use them. They're not going to mm-hmm. be, you know, being I dealt like- out at all. I don't know, though, because I don't like how how Howie kind of had a sense of, we have a lot, so, like, that's good because we have a chance, like, we're bound to hit kind of thing, is what I took from it. Oh, sweet God. And I don't like how he's like, yeah, like, we got a lot of picks, like, we're bound to make something. One out of ten has to work. I don't like his tone in that. Um, But I think that, at first glance, because I just looked at a list, and I couldn't tell you because I have to, like, Look at it. I'm a visual person, so I have uh-huh. to look at it. Yeah. But just looking at the list and not looking at all the positions and what they still have and all that stuff, I would probably say Big V. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. The one that I think I would be, like, the, the one person I'm like, you have to keep this person, for me, is Kama Grugier Hill. Yeah, but what about injuries? That doesn't worry you? No. Because everyone said the same thing to me about Jordan Hicks. And it, I know. And look what he did this year. I knew they weren't going to pay him that money. But here's the thing. They don't value the linebacker position. And right, Kamu is it. not a person that – he like, he's not, like, C.J. Mosley, Quan mm-hmm. Alexander, Jordan Hicks money. I hope he doesn't try to command that because he's not that. But I think he's someone who – he was the captain of your special teams last year or this year? This year. Yeah. I just think he brings a lot to the field. He's When he's in the game, he's always around every single play – and I really don't know if they're going to pick up the option on Nigel Bradham's contract. So then you're left with Nate Gary, who shout out to Nate, Nate Gary for playing the entire season with a torn muscle in his core. I saw he got surgery. I was wondering what it was on. Core muscle. Tore it in training camp. Played all year. Oh my God. Yep. Animal. Absolute animal. Because he thought he saw he had the opportunity to start on defense and he didn't want to give that up. What an animal, and here we are. What this guy's missing somebody. Yeah, I've been, like, kind of mean about off. Nate Gary, just because I'm like, what What do you do? But he actually Dude, had a— Dion tore his core and was out for a month from baseball. Yeah. So so I will say, I am the worst. Shout out to Nate Gary for yeah. having a real— Just, you're a terrible person. That's all right, I'll take it. We all for having we a real For having a really good season, given yeah. those circumstances. Yeah. So that's awesome, you know— Hat off to him, but the only other really the per, we Duke Riley, who was mainly a special teamer, and same mm-hmm. with TJ. Now TJ Edwards had got a lot of snaps at that at, in the rotation a little bit at the end when they he had some injuries. End, yeah. Um, and I like him, and I still can't believe he went undrafted. Most people can't believe he went undrafted, and I think he's good too. But I think having someone like Kamu is necessary, and he would be one who I would think it's. He he would be my number one like on that list. At yeah, first that's glance. interesting. Yeah, at first glance, because you all obviously we didn't look on who's out on the board or any of that. Yeah, stuff. so so that'll be how our episodes yeah. kind of go from here on out. We're gonna break down by position and see kind of what our ideal world would be. Um, but last question: Who do you want as an OC, or what are the qualifications that in your ideal world the Eagles' next offensive coordinator will have? Okay, so my I don't have a guy that I'm like. That's it. That's who I want. Blah, blah, blah. Hire him. Blank yeah, check. I don't have that guy. Um, My closest is kind of unrealistic. It would probably be Jay Gruden. And that's just probably in my head because I hear, like, Jamie talk about it sometime on the show. And I'm like, okay, I can get behind that. 
But most likely he's not because he'll probably go to his brother if he's going to be a coordinator somewhere. Yeah. So um, that's probably who would be first for me. But other than that, I don't really know who's available and who I would like not knowing their qualifications and stuff. But I really just – I think we need to go – External, obviously, the way mm-hmm. I'm talking, I think yep. that's obvious. Not internal at all. Um, and then quarterback central. We need somebody that's going to team up with Carson and be Carson's right-hand man. Be Car- like, I mean, even though Doug Cater is, that offense to Carson. Exactly. I just think I, – I totally agree with you. I think it needs to be external unless they hire someone like Josh McCown. I would not hate Josh McCown as an offensive coordinator. I wouldn't either, but I it makes me hesitant to throw him in right at that. Maybe as a QB coach. Maybe. I could see that. I so so my thing is I don't know. I I I see where experience in the coaching area can be important, but I just think based on how influential he was in the quarterback's room this year with Carson. They have a good relationship. He obviously has a good relationship with Doug. He told Doug which players from the practice squad to bring up when they needed players. Bring up Deontay Burnett. That was his decision. That was Josh That's McCown. interesting. I didn't know that. And I so just, he has an eye for talent. Right. And also, he's played in so many different organizations. He's played with so many different people under so many different systems, under so many different coaches that I think – by seeing everything that he's seen, I think he would have some really interesting, fresh, new, innovative ideas. Mm-hmm. And obviously, he already has Doug Peterson's trust. Yeah. So I think that relationship could work really well. And I just and he has th- passion, obviously. So right. Crying. And I, I I really do think so. My you know from that my main qualifications that I want I do want someone maybe a little bit younger, um, but I want somebody who has, who can be innovative, who can, you know, give some new ideas because obviously at the end of the day, this is Doug's offense. Doug's going to make every Mm -hmm. call and I don't see him relinquishing that responsibility and that's fine. I don't mind that, but you need someone who can, can throw in some new ideas here and there that can be incorporated because I think Doug's offense is a good offense when it's executed well. But I think there are times when it can get a little bit vanilla and a little bit predictable. And that's when someone who has some... QB mind. Yeah, QB mind, some interesting ideas, Mm -hmm. maybe sees something else, just another eye that is on the same wavelength as Doug, but is not just going to be... He's not going to say yes to everything. He's going to be like, well, maybe here would be... So at least it's in Doug's mind a little bit. That's kind of what I want. Talk me into it. I like your reasoning. That's, that's, I can see it that, more. The only I thing, should be the offensive the only coordinator. Thing that's would, what it is. <laughs> the only thing I'm switching up is instead of considering him, like, from the outside, I'm going to say he would be – what's the options? I can't think of the word. What were you saying? We wanted a QB from – or QB Central? Innovative? No, we wanted a – oh, my God. We wanted – What do we want? <laughs> I'm going to consider McCown an internal guy – but thinking outside of the box. So internal yeah. but out of the box option. Yeah, I agree. Because I don't we, think he's external. Because we talked about last week. P.S. the words I couldn't think of were internal and external because oh, my okay. mind just went blank. And that's what gotcha. morning show mind does to you. My, uh, because, I mean, last week we talked when Jerry Jones was about to fire Jason Garrett and hire Mike McCarthy and the whole nine. Yeah. We talked about how everybody in their organization is a cowboy in one form or another, and they like to keep it in-house, and they don't like to expand. I don't want the Eagles to turn no, into no, no. that. No, not at all. But I think Josh McCown would be a really interesting... That That's out of the box. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. 
and your reasoning behind it. The only thing is the experience for me. I don't, that just yeah. is the only hesitant, obviously. Yeah, but the experience like, factor is a big one. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But it definitely could work out. I mean, Dougie P was a high school coach, too. Yeah, look at that. Who yep. knows? You never know. Who knows? Time will tell, my friends. I'm excited. So, so we'll come back next week and we'll talk about all this stuff. We'll get into a little bit more about who's a free agent and we'll start that ball rolling. Hopefully by this time next week, we'll have a new wide receiver coach and a new offensive coordinator. And we can talk about that a little bit further, but for today, that is our entire episode. We didn't expect it to actually go this long. And then we started ranting about the clowny (laughs) hit. And all of a sudden here we are at 50 minutes, but thank you for listening to episode 20 of babes on broad. Thank you to SB nation and bleeding green nation. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, Follow us individually on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you check out the store on Design Tree. The uh, what was it? Googleable. 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 We'll have to get that we ball do. rolling because <laughs> good God, we that's need so that. That's so cool. I forgot about that already. How could you? Uh, that's been in my head this entire time. Send the email quick because because <laughs> you'll forget. Yeah, it's here and gone real fast. <laughs> so. Yeah. Goodness. <laughs> oh, good God. But yes. Yeah, so thank you for listening to another episode. Don't forget. Make sure you subscribe. Everywhere you get your podcast, leave a five-star rating, leave a written review. We love to hear from you. Until next week, we are the Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. making sure because <laughs> now I don't I don't remember oh wait I'm getting a call anyway oh goodness hello hello this is Jesus Discovery Healthcare so as you may know it is open enrollment is it a healthcare call nope <laughs> <sighs> alright bleeding green she she goes this is Eve and I was like oh I don't know an Eve I don't know what she's calling about and she said healthcare and I was like oh I don't know Yes, this is episode 20. Okay, okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Go back to the screen. <laughs> I hate you. I feel like we're whispering from a teacher. It's fun. <laughs> Who does that? I have no idea. What are... Sharpay. I hate you. <laughs> there it is. I was, waiting for, I was waiting for that one. <laughs> okay, ready? Three, two, one. <laughs> What now? What are you looking at? No, it sounded like there's a ghost over there. It sounded like water dropped. I mean... Like a water balloon. It, what? I don't know. Okay. P-G-N.